Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios. Great to have your company on the call. 10 stocks picked by you. I put it to our two experts on our panel. We do it all in one hour. Uh, on the show today, the panel, Nathan Somersandaran from Deep Data Analytics. Bound overnight in markets. Are you smiling or do you think it's a sucker rally? Oh. Now, have you, have you put yourself... All right, Nathan, are you getting us? We spoke to you just a couple of seconds ago. We will come back to you. Um, and Grady Wolf from Bell Directors with us. Grady, how are you? Good, Good to see you. you. Um, what did you think of the rebound last night? I thought it was very exciting. I wasn't expecting such a big rebound. The US market's all up over 1% and um, obviously over in Europe as well. They were a little bit less um, dovish, but they still are. I think Australia is following suit today. So it's exciting, but as to how long it's going to be lived, we're not sure. Yeah, a suckers, suckers yeah, rally. It could be a think? short little rally, but I think ahead of the RBA next week, everyone's pretty on edge. Well, Bank of England coming out and buying bonds yeah. and supporting the British pound, that was going against everyone's view that central banks around the world on a course, that if we had to go into recession, we had to go into recession. But Bank of England coming in, everyone's thinking, oh, well, uh, will central banks be a bit nicer? Yeah, well, I don't know if the feds will be nicer. Their, their speeches out yesterday and today are still pretty hawkish, but I'm, I'm li liking what the Bank of England are doing. And I think they had to do it yeah. because of the new government, the tax cuts. It's looking, they've just come in and just slashed all these tax cuts. So how do you do that in a near recession environment? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and with inflation running rampant. Uh, Nathan, I think we've got, got you back. Uh, is this a, a conviction rally or a sucker's rally? Uh, if, if you're looking for a high conviction run, this is probably way too early. Right. Um, I mean, you've seen, I mean, the Bank of England, what it did yesterday or last night is amazing. Uh, yep. It's never happened for a G7 economy ever. Um, it's basically backflipped within 24 hours from selling bonds to buying bonds. Hmm. Uh, the reason they did that, because they were worried that the system was going to crack. And it did look like that because literally the pound was getting pounded. Um, and so how that plays out, I mean, it was a Lehman moment um, and they moved. Now, what's worrying about it is um, it doesn't actually support the currency. It actually makes it worse and you're going to raise yeah. inflation. So how long can they do this? They can't. So. Uh, we'll wait and see how this unwinds. Oh, Mason, don't, don't talk about Lehman moments. As <laughs> soon as I, those two words came out of your mouth, I went, oh, holy hell. <laughs> Was it that bad, you reckon? Oh, it, it's, it's, look, they didn't do it because uh, to support anything. 
they did it because they had no choice and they were worried that things were going to fall apart. Right. Uh, this is uh, these are not good times. <laughs> you got to you got to be smart about this one because yeah. this bounce is because you 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 always get a bounce on the second last day of the month and today is the second last day of the month. It's a statistical play because people don't want to pump the market at the last day because regulators look at the last day. So, <laughs> so they bring it forward 24 hours. They're not that stupid, tell me. Of course they are. <laughs> Every month, it's the second last day of the month, usually you'll get the pump. And they get a much lesser pump on the last day because you don't want to get found out. Okay. It's, it's a good trade. So you've got that. And then in the US, you've got a substantial amount of shorts coming in at the end of last week. Right. So you knew at some point the shorts will run into a short covering bounce for the end of month. And it's happening now and it'll happen probably a bit. I mean, that was a big bounce. Yeah, last night I would have covered a fair amount of shorts. I don't think this will last too long. I mean, this the Bank of England will have to come out and work out how they're going to <coughs> go back to a tightening cycle and yet keep the market together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is a delicate situation, isn't it? Let's take a look at the stocks we're going to uh, analyse in the first half hour. AI Media, Green Tech, Nanosonics, Strike Energy and United Malt. Uh, stock of the day, though, I thought we'd take a look at Premier Investments, billionaire Solomon Liu's retail empire, uh, booking big gains after the fashion chain lifted its dividend following a 4% rise in full-year revenue to $1.5 billion. Of course, not just fashion, it has Smiggle as well. Uh, stronger trading by department store Maya saw Premier Investment stake in the retailer grow by $12 million over 2022. Let's take a look at how shares are trading today and uh, good day up 13% so far today. Uh, Grady, what do you think of, uh, of Premier's result? I really like their results and this is one company that's shown really strong resilience during the pandemic and post-pandemic. They haven't gone too far ahead in um, outlook as well. They haven't said we're expecting this much. They've remained pretty conservative. Um, I like the the city's got a buy rating on it. I've got a buy rating on it and right. a price target of $25 a share. Um, mm. I think the strength in 2022 may face some headwinds with interest rates rising in 2023. But in saying that, they've hit the ground running with to total global sales up 46.7% in just the first seven weeks so far of FY23. Um, the resurgence of sales in Smiggle, as we were talking about before the show, I think it's great. They're 24.6% higher in sales. So I'm, I'm really liking this stock. And I think they've got okay. a really strong way forward with Maya as well. All right. Nathan, uh, you've got... Have you got kids in the uh, Smiggle era? I know I've got grandkids in the Smiggle era at the moment. Boy, they make good margins, I reckon. But anyhow, it's only one part of the business. What do you think of Premier? Yeah, my daughter works at Smiggles. Oh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, and it's, it, look, it's a, it, Sonny Lou is a very smart guy. He's got investment yep. in a lot of vehicles. Uh, Breville, uh, Meyer, they're all doing well. Premier Investment, great brands. They're all doing well. Um, look, it's it's managed as well as it's going to be managed. Um, I don't see that changing. It's a high multiple retailer. It's a high quality retailer. Everyone knows it, and you get high multiples. It's come back, but the thing that you've got to be careful of is looking at retail stocks. What's happened in the last couple of years? It's unlikely to be repeated. So the, what they've had in the last couple of years is massive stimulus globally. Um, it didn't matter where you were. It's so much stimulus thrown out so much retail spending and now we're getting retail spending that's inflated by literally inflation um, so in that context there's a lot of boost that it's had 
can they keep that going? I think it's going to be really tough uh, with, when you look at consumer spending. And the other thing to remember is Premier has a, a decent exposure into UK and it's literally getting pounded. So they're going to lose on the currency. They're going to lose on potential wow. recession risk. So these are the negatives for retail, but these guys are probably one of the best. Um, so they will manage quite well. So you look, you don't want to get, if you want to pick a few players in retail, this is one of the ones and it's come back a bit. So it's giving you that upside. Look, the, the update is an upgrade. You buy good quality stocks on an upgrade cycle. So you want to be long premier. Um, it's a cyclical. So when this uh, runs up um, and it reads a peak and multiple gets too expensive, you want to sell it. But at the moment, you want to be long premier and I think it'll go higher. Okay. So, so you agree a buy at these levels? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a good start to the day. Um, I know. from a bear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he is a huge bear on the market. So when he likes a stock, you start to listen. All right, let's get straight into the stocks that uh, you've asked us to have a look at. Uh, and Grady, Max wants a view on AI media. Now, they're, they're the big um, captioning people, aren't they? Recorded captioning when you see them on your TV, see the captioning on your TV and other devices. Um, they corner that market. They do. The share price has been caught up in the tech sell-off, so 54, 58% down year to date. I actually maintain a buy rating on this stock with a price target of 70 cents. It's currently about 32 cents a share. Wow, so I like double. This, yeah, exactly, over the next say. 12 months. I like it only because they've had strong growth in FY22 with getting some major players. They've got new customers, including Major League Baseball, Google, ESPN, I love this. And I, the only way forward is to can keep going up. They also transition and accelerated into the software as a service platform to be the, like the one-stop shop for all of the captioning needs. So right. I really like that. And the way the company is also cash flow positive, they're pretty strong on that front. Um, they're also well positioned for further acquisitions in the future with 15.2 million in the bank. So. Right. I, all of this adds up to, I like this stock, um, and the margin expansion is looking good on the way forward in FY23 um, th from that transition to SAAS. Right, so they're picking up lots of yes. global clients yes. as well along Big the way. Yes, big clients along the way. Google, Major League Baseball, and everyone's mm. into sport these days. Okay. Uh, Nathan, AI Media? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the negatives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, as she said perfectly, it's a tech stock, so yep. it's been smashed. It's been listed for about what two years odd, yep. um, and it's been sliding. Um, and it's hard, you know, it, it's hard to buy a stock on a downgrade cycle, and that's played out. Now, it is turning around. They've got new contracts, and it's positioned relatively well. It's an interesting area, um, and I think recently they had the Seven Network uh, contract as well. All of these things add to the the stability of the model. It is a it's a very small cap. It's a micro cap, 60, 70 million. Right. Um, so, in this kind of market, um, when if somebody you know of a decent, um, um, I suppose, holding wants to get out, they'll absolutely murder these stocks. Um, so this is the problem in a bear market. You've got to be really careful. So what you see um, generally is fund managers in a bull market will buy micro cap stocks, uh, especially when they are a small cap fund manager because they want to get the big run up. But in a, a bad market, in a bear market you tend to go up the size category. So, you know, small cap managers stick to small caps. Um, right. Index fund managers stick to large caps. So there's going to be a lot less people looking at micro caps, and that's the risk for now. 
but then that's the, the you know the reason you want to look at it because there's not going to be too many people buying it. I think it's an interesting one. It is on my shopping list. I've, look, I've never heard about the stock before, and only when I was reading through, it's an interesting stock. I want to keep it on my list. I'm, I'm a bit worried. I mean, as you know, I think the market has more downside risk uh, on my perspective. So I'm not jumping into micro caps right now, but this one is an interesting model. Uh, there's a few on the list today, um, yeah. interesting models, uh, and I want to keep it on the list. When the macro turns around, I'll be looking. Okay. All right. So uh, not for you at the moment, but on the watch list. Um, Nathan, our next stock is Green Tech, which, uh, which Kirsty wants a view on. Um, resource stock, got a, um, uh, a project in the Pilbara, um, nickel, copper and cobalt. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those ones where we, we are chasing the thematic at the moment. Um, recent listing, um, it's, it's, you know, the problem I've got right now is it's a bit, it's a bit like what you're finding in the lithium sector. Um, it used to be unique. Um, and then it had the huge run up. Everyone knows what's happening in the thematic. Um, everyone knows what's happening in the energy sector. Um, it is a tough play at the moment because most of them have started to go sideways. And I think everyone's worried about the consumer. Um, and a lot of these things will have much higher costs going forward. So things are going to be much harder to do. I don't think most of the resources, there's a competitive advantage that you're going to have. There's more supply coming. It's going to take a bit of time, but you know all of these are explorers. So there is an uncertainty attached to it, and in a recessionary cycle, these things cost more, and they run into trouble. So if you're picking a miner at the moment, all commodities are under stress. Um, but if you're picking a miner right now, you want to take the miner that's going to give you upside linked to production straight away. So mm. in this part of the cycle, I prefer uh, miners who are actually producing because you're benefiting from the uh, high commodity prices, even though they've come back, they're still elevated. Um, so this is not on my list to jump in. Um, again, there's a lot of players and you, you know, you've got to have trust uh, and you need to love, love the management to deliver. I just think it's too hard in this market to right. trust explorers. Good branding though, green tech metals. <laughs> and they're that's, in the sort of nickel, the, copper, <laughs> cobalt, saying forget lithium, these other yeah. ones we've got and they're green. Yeah, I know. When, when you see bingo words, that's the first worry sign. <laughs> um, what do you think? I'm kind of similar. I have a speculative buy rating on this stock with a price target rating of $1.37. It's currently at 78 Seven, cents a share. Right. Yeah. It's, got, it's kind of riding the lithium and energy wave, isn't it? Yep. It's up 21% yep. year to date. And it's, as Nathan um, said, it's easy to get lost in the explorers who aren't yet producing and, sale, and selling. So the company is fast tracking in its active, active um, partnerships with leading mineral investments and groups in the Northern American lithium space. And it's project on the Ontario Bay Seymour and Root Lithium projects are looking very, very good. But so it has lithium in it has as lithium well. as well. Right, so okay. I think these projects are well, they're driving the company forward as well because right. they're on the, the outskirt of North America's fast evolving yeah. EV manufacturing facilities. So they're on that border. They're looking pretty good. They had a significant milestone recently of the phase one drilling and it had some great promise on those um, areas. But I think for me, because they're not producing anything at the moment. They're still drilling in phase one. It's a, it's speculative for me. Yeah, it's a long way, yeah, now. Are long you, way ahead. Are you like Nathan, that at this stage of the market, 
just get into producers yes. is the main And also main with one. lithium, it takes a very long time from production for the production process from finding it to getting the spodumene out. So right. knowing that, having that long time, they're still a few years away. So right. I think for me, I'm exactly the same okay. as Nathan. Right, in the second half of the program, we've got Liontown coming up. So we'll see uh, uh, if the opinions uh, on that being in the lithium space. Uh, William now wants a view, um, Grady, on Nanosonics. Of course, it's the um, infection control of theatre um, instruments in, in hospitals with, with its Trophon ultrasound disinfector. What do you think of uh, Nanosonics? It was once put to me, it may have been by Nathan, you buy, you know, it's not just the technology, but once you get into a hospital, it's like uh, your printer. You've got to keep buying all the ancillary products yeah. to keep it going. Absolutely. That's where the margin is. I agree. Um, we've actually downgraded this one to a sell rating of late, right. only because the company has attached a lot of their value to prospective revenues for products that aren't even regulatory approved yet or ah. have commercial approval validation. So ah. they've got a product called the Chorus product, which is in um, regulatory approval phases in the US, but expected to hit the market in 23, 24, but it still is not approved. So right. they're anticipating high revenues from this, but until it's approved, you can't say it's going to generate revenues, right? Yeah. Um, over, they've also got new 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 product risk. So the long regulatory approval and commercial approval wait time allows for other products to come in and competitors to kind of swoop up the space at the moment. Right. Um, they've got a great. Oh, they've got strength in the US because they're now a standalone business following the end of their GE Health distribution agreement. So that's going to bring in some more um, revenue over the next year, especially with the margins being 100% theirs now. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, it's a sell at the moment only okay. because they're anticipating without having the approval. Yeah, and and Nathan, they they promised new products for a while, haven't they? This sort of uh, prospect that, but really haven't diversified away from this this trophon. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one where to, you know I, I looked at it when it was like 60, 70 cents. I actually bought it and it ran to about I think I told you ninety cents. I thought I was a hero. I sold out. And about three weeks later, it was like three bucks. Uh, now, <laughs> everyone looks stupid after that one. Um, now, the hardest thing is they've got to get into the US hospital. It always looks like, you know, it'll take a long time. Look, this is going to take years. I, you know, ADHD, I don't, I don't have time to wait for that long. Uh, but it is amazing how well they went in. So because they've got into the system, it's actually much easier to sell the newer product. Um, well, that was the theory. And they do come out with pretty good products. I mean, they're not selling massive things. I mean, these are just you know green stuff and things like that. So it's things that you need um, and things that saves lives and boring stuff. And hospitals need to manage risk. So you, you knew this was going, but this always trades at an insane multiple. Uh, and this is not a market for insane multiples. So you know, growth stocks get hit. And guess what? And you're not delivering. Now it's only got hit, and it's yeah. back down there. But look, it's it's one that you'd never say never because it's such a unique business model. They've got the access to the U.S. business into the hospitals. They, sh I mean, uh, you know, it's about obviously they have to get the new products in. That's important. If they can execute, this will have a huge run because the the platform is there set up and the business model is there to grow. But they are not doing that yet. So you don't need to be greedy. You don't need to jump in and take the risk. Just keep an eye on it. When they execute and you can see that the new, new products are getting approved and they're getting through the channel, 
jump on because there'll be a big ride. But at the moment, I think it's one to keep your eye on. It's a, it's a really good business um, and it's coming back to earth. So it is a good opportunity, but yeah. you don't need to get on until things start to run. And that's what I'll be looking at. And, and they execute and they get the products approved. And, and as Grady was saying, you can't book future revenues for something that hasn't been approved. Right? Look, look great on paper, but you can't fall for that, can you? Hey, these are dot-com times, right? <laughs> you know, you do valuation on price to forecasted sales. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, you don't do that. You wait, you wait. And I, I think they will execute. I think it'll take time. So you don't need to be there till that happens. But when right. they execute, jump on. Okay. All right, uh, Brooke wants a view, mate, on Strike Energy, the... Uh, oil and gas explorer? Yeah, look, this is one of the speculative ones that uh, the market always gets to when uh, things are running, you want to jump on. Um, but it, it's, look, it's a exploration plan. <laughs> they punch a hole, they find something, and if it's a great find, boom, you're off. Um, but again, similar to what we were talking about before, I actually think the energy sector is, is going to bounce and I think it'll do well. It's one commodity that I am positive about despite the recession coming. Uh, and I think the global recession play will be, will push down a lot of the growth commodities. But I think energy will to, you know recover through that. Um, I think the OPEC or self-interest will squeeze the supply. You've got problems in Europe. So I think that'll help uh, energy sector overall. Now, again, similar to what we were talking about before, Go to the producers. Uh, I'm not, this is not a bull market. In a bull market, you go for the guy who's punching a hole because if they find something, you're off and running. But this is not a bull market, it's a bear market. In a bear market, you wanna get cash. You want guys who are gonna be churning out cash flow, telling you how big their dividend's going to be. Um, so in the energy sector, you're gonna be looking at the guys like the Woodsides, the Santos. The one that we like uh, is probably a bit smaller on that category is Karun Energy, um, oil, there's probably one of the few oil producers, Brazilian assets. They're looking at buying new assets. Um, and look, you know, that's churning out cash, doing well. So I'm happy to support energy sector, but producers. Right. And uh, not jumping on exports. Okay. Grady? I agree. Um, speculative buy rating on this one, just because the price the price is pretty low at the moment, twenty nine cents a share, um, with a price rating a price target of forty two cents a share. Um, we're speculative because it's well. Firstly, local gas producers have benefited from Russia's uh, the sanctions imposed on Russia and Russia's yep. rationing of LNG to Europe. So we've seen Woodside sign supply deals, and that we know that Europe are looking down under for local suppliers to kind of fill the gap where Russia's not filling at the moment. So it's good, but they're not generating any cash flow yet. That, as Nathan said, they are an explorer. They're not, um, the one thing that we do like about them is their development speed from discovery to first production. It's really impressive, um, enabling them to benefit from the current tight West Australian market. So we do right. like this one. It's speculative buy rating. Um, they're taking big strides towards upstream gas assets, as well as looking at the downstream, downstream capabilities as well, evaluating through production. But again, that's not gonna happen for a few years. Mm. So energy sector is booming. It's set to continue booming. Commodity prices are soaring. Um, this could ride, ride the wave of that, but I'm still pretty speculative about okay. it until it starts. So producing. you can see a bounce back in oil and gas yeah. as well. And particularly if you're, they're getting into this James Bond style <laughs> sabotage of, of pipelines in yeah. Europe at the moment. Sort that, of, the photos of that know, overnight were wild. I know, they're accusing. 
Apparently the gas leak is one kilometre wide. Um, yeah. It's amazing. It looked so, like a synoptic chart. It looked yeah. like a cyclone forming yeah. in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's staggering. Um, going into, uh, into a northern winter. Um, Josh wants a view, Grady, on United Malt. I didn't realise it was the fourth biggest maltster in the world. It's big. Um, this is the one that was spun out of Grain Corp, wasn't yes, it? I yes, think. Yeah. Yep. So uh, operates uh, Canada, US, Australia and the UK. Uh, what do you think of United Malt? I have a buy rating on this with a price oh. target of $3.95 a share. Um, and that's been upgraded from $3.85 a share recently. The current price is $3.13 a share. It's down 30.7 year to date. Yep. Um, I like this because we've seen issues this year with the barley quality issues and unrecovered co energy cost inflation with the company, but we see them as cyclical rather than structural. So we can see them overcoming those in FY23. Um, the company was pretty slow to offset these costs onto customer contracts, but we're seeing recovery in that now. So we're going to see the financial rewards of that reaped in okay. FY23. And I also like this stock because malt is the vital ingredient in beer and global mm -hmm. beer consumption is set to rise at a steady rate over the next five years. So oh, okay. I think that this, well, this is obviously a very needed product in beer. So yeah. I think being the fourth largest commercial producer in the world, they're going to benefit from and, that. And it's at a record low share price. It's only exactly. been listed for, for two years. Yes. So, yeah. so it's only set to grow. Um, Nathan, what do you think of United Malt? Oh, Grady's being too nice. Uh, look, we're going, to, we're, we're going into a recession. We're going to drink like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the beer consumption, in, especially in places like Australia, goes through the roof. I think we yeah. drink per capita more than that. Look, I want to love it because, you look, Who's, who in Australia is going to argue against beer? Um, but Grady's right. I mean, the cost pressures and the malt outlook has been bad, and that's hit them. Um, and I don't think they handled it as well as they should have. Um, it's a defensive yield play. It's a tough, um, I suppose, thematic to play right now, given what's happening in the bond market and how much the yields have run up. Um, so th my problem with it is more to the point of what am I buying it for? Um, it's, you know, you, you're buying it for, uh, you buy a stock for a growth or you're buying it because um, it's going to deliver you yield. Now, this is predominantly not a big growth machine. It's going to be delivering you solid yield. Now, when you're buying something for solid yield, it's not delivering you solid yield. <laughs> that's a worry. And that's the problem here. And I, I think it'll take a bit of time for them to get up there. And given that bond yields have gone up so much, they'll have to get their returns that level to compensate for the bond yield. So they need to get to that competitive level. That's gonna take a bit of time. Um, so it is one that I like, but I find it hard on the investment, uh, I suppose, logic to get, get into. But at the moment, I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm not jumping in because I need to see this machine running really hard and churning out a lot of cash before right. you jump in because it needs to compete with the 4% bond yield. Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, the first first five stock stock of the day. Premier Investments after a, a terrific result announced this morning. A buy from both Nathan and Grady. Um, AI Media um, on Nathan's watch list. Uh, a buy from Grady. Uh, Green Tech a no from Nathan. A spec buy from uh, from Grady. Uh, Nanosonics uh, again on watch watch list for Nathan. Grady has a sell on it. 
Uh, Strike Energy, speculative buy from Grady, um, Maitland a no, and United Malt a yes from Grady and a no from Maitland. Uh, here on the call, we've been uh, following our own fantasy portfolio, High Conviction Growth Fund, picked by our investment committee. The, um, the September meeting is on the website at the moment. You can watch it on the platform, osbiz.com. Um, the October meeting gets posted next week. So we're heading into September, Universal Store, XDC, Lottery Corp, ResMed, Oz Minerals were removed. Added were Caroon Energy, Boss Resources, uh, Washington, H. Solpat, Solpat's Premier Investments. So uh, the fund doing very nicely today and South 32. Let's see how the portfolio is performing since the 1st of March. It's down 4%. That doesn't take into uh, today's trading at all. Um, don't forget to keep sending in your requests for the call because that's the first filter um, to go up to the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour on the call, we're going to take a look at Liontown, Infomedia, uh, Coventry, Lumos and Resimec. So uh, a good cross-section of stocks there. Um, Nathan, uh, Nathan, you're on the, uh, the investment committee as well. Uh, down three and three quarter percent so far, the committee, since the 1st of March. Put that in perspective for us. Well, let's put it this way. Most fund managers are down somewhere around 30 to 40% right. uh, for the year. Um, NASDAQ is down about, uh, I think it's about 30% for the year. You know, the time period that we've had that fund running, uh, it's down probably around 18 to 19%. Uh, right. So in that context, for a growth portfolio, that's that's great, awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're getting, you're getting our performance fees. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> And if you're a if you're a, a you know growth fund manager right now, your outperformance fees is not happening for at least two to three years. Right. So, right. You know that's an amazing performance. So and 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 you would be uh, uh, pumping yourself up uh, with the recommendations going into September. What did you what did you push for aggressively? Karoon, Boss, and uh, and so, Premier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Um, I think we've gone with the, the, I suppose, the balance for the macro. So we've gone for a, stocks that are going to do well in that tough macro. And, yep. you know, they have proven to deliver for us uh, on both sides. So that's worked quite well. Yeah. OK. The new investment committee, as I said, for October will be posted next week. All right. Let's get into the stocks that you sent through to us. We're going to kick this half hour off with uh, Lion Town, of course, um, I think last year was it was the best performing stock on the Australian share market. Uh, lithium explorer and and developer, um, big uh, project at Kathleen Valley, which is in the Northern Territory. Uh, Grady, what do you see in Lion Town? I like Lion Town. Speculative buy rating with a price target of two dollars and eighty seven cents. It's right. currently at around one dollar forty six. A huge market cap, three point two billion. Um, 
EV demand is only going to take off. We've seen new car sales go down, but EV demand is climbing. And yep. this company, I love this company because they've got already got off-take agreement deals with Tesla, Ford and LG, three powerhouses in the electronic space around the world. Um, LTR is fully funded to develop the 100% owned Kathleen Valley project. So when is that due to come on? It's due to come, uh, I think so early CY23. Uh, 23. 23, I okay. think it's so 23, it's far, so it's not far away. Not far off. Um, okay. And they've already seen, they've also got the um, ability for the downstream as well, the production of this from lithium hydroxide conversion from spodumene. So they're going to like benefit from the um, margins in that front. So I really like this stock. It's growing um, completely. It's definitely growing. It's got the um, offtake agreements in place. So I see it can only go up from here. Yeah, and it's close to transport too. Is the other big yes, attraction is uh, exactly, up, exactly. up in the NT. Uh, Maitam, what do you think of Blindtown? Uh, look, I, I think it's amazing how well the miners have evolved. Even the explorers nowadays, they work out that you know, your real value add is adding vertical expansion. So, yeah. you know, they go down the chain, they add more things, they offer more things. So this it's, is the yeah. processing, isn't it? Which are, exactly. currently is dominated by China, isn't it? Processors. Yeah. And, and, and now every, almost every battery tech player is vertically integrating their model. Yeah. And, and it's, it's good. Uh, uh, but it's, it's interesting that the moat that some people enjoy back in the day is now being basically worked out by everyone coming down that pipe. I don't think it's going to be a huge mode. I think everyone is playing the EV thematic, have been for the last couple of years. Um, if you're going for a lithium thematic right now, you're about two years too late. Now, it's, you know, great, it's right, it's 3.3 billion. I mean, you pick every, uh, you know, uh, lithium miner out there, and there's a lot of them, and they're all in the billions and the billions and the billions, and you go, uh, it's going to take a few years for them to pay up all this money. <laughs> and the thing is, not everyone is going to be there. Um, there's going to be a few winners. There's going to be a few blow-ups. Trust me. I've played these things so many times. But so you, you just never know who's going to be the real winner. Um, and I think you've done the main gain. I think when you invest in a thematic, you need to be either early on the thematic or you need to know something that the rest of the market doesn't know or doesn't want to look at or doesn't want to price in. When you look at these stocks, I don't think we know, I mean, I personally don't see anything that I could work out that the market doesn't know. In right. that case, I'm playing the same risk as the market. I don't want to do that. I want to play in areas where I have a competitive advantage. In lithium, I don't. Uh, everyone knows all the lithium players, everyone's jumped on it. Everyone's billion, billion dollar market caps. And so you're coming late to the party. So. Yeah, the risk return is not there for me. I'm looking at other places. Okay, so you avoid the sector all up because some yeah. uh, there's been a theme on on the call here saying, hey, avoid the explorers because by the time they come on on stream, everyone else will come on stream. But look at Alchem, Pilbara, uh, Minres. If you want it as part of a diversified portfolio with of assets with with iron ore. Uh, you don't even look at those who are no. making hay now with the higher prices. Sure, I would look at Minres, I would look at uh, IGO, um, and you get that play through them. Um, yeah. You get West Farmers, um, and you, you get a play through them. And that's okay, because they're taking advantage of the current high prices, and they're a diversified play. So you've got that working for you. Uh, I mean, IGO is probably one of the best managed miners, and Nickel Play, which is huge. 
So you get the multiple ponies, similar to what you said with min res, with the crushing and so forth. So that kind of mitigates your risk, where I think when you go into a one commodity play, you need to have a competitive advantage or you've got to be early in the cycle. Right. I don't think EVs early in the cycle. EV cars are early in the cycle, but EV, I don't think is early in the cycle. So commodities, I think there's going to be a lot, um, and I don't want to be the guy trying to pick when one does, out does the other. Okay. All right. Um, Grady Jaden wants a view on Infomedia. Now, this is the sort of car automotive parts uh, platform, is that? Used to be, uh, what it used to be called the Red Book or the Yellow Book or something? Went up yeah. as a straight book, but it's for um, car dealers, for their service departments to buy parts. They put it all online, and so now they're a tech business as well. <laughs> it's a very niche offering very they niche. have, and the automotive space we've seen growth over the pandemic, and now we're seeing the slowdown because their production can't keep up with demand. So yeah. this for me is a hold rating and a price target downgraded to $1.50 per share. It's currently at $1.16 per share and down 34% year to date. Yeah. Um, they are part of the tech sector and the only reason I have a hold rating, or well, there's a few reasons. Um, one is because they're seeing lower results across the company's key operating areas being Asia Pacific, Europe, Middle East, Africa, and the Americas. So all right. across all regions, they're seeing slowing growth. So it's a big global company. It is like, massive, yeah. yeah gl global, but the niche market again. Right. Um, I do like the stock for some reasons because it has high recurring revenue level. They've just transitioned to the subscription basis. Yeah. So they've got more than 95% in the first half of the year being recurring revenue, which is great in that space. But at the same time, the switch to SAS platform also helps because they're saying this is a one-stop shop for all autom automotive services and software. So yeah. I do like that. Um, cash at June 30 was 69 million, so they're pretty strong on the balance sheet. Um, but yeah, for me, it's a hold rating just because we're not seeing high growth. And also yeah. they had higher corporate overheads last year. Okay. So for me, yeah, I'm not loving it. Yeah, <laughs> Nathan, Infomedia. Yeah, I've looked at this stock for a number of years. It's an interesting one. Um, Reddy's is right. It's actually underperformed at the Matic that basically everyone else outperformed, which is the car play. Um, even when used cars getting fixed, you know, you can't get a booking to get your car serviced. Uh, it takes a bloody long time nowadays. And these guys just provide the catalog service online. Um, they had some big clients, um, and when a couple of them left, that I mean, when big clients leave, there's a big fall in their revenue model. And so they've changed it across with the subscription model that makes it better, so it's not as lumpy. Uh, but it's been sliding for a number of years now. Um, but I find it quite amazing that it's a good, stable global model, churns out a good cash. Um, recently it had a bid and that's fallen over and that's gone off. And so it's, it's definitely got a lot of things going for it, but it hasn't been executing well. So it is one where I'm a bit uh, confused uh, whether to be positive or negative. Um, I want to be positive because I think it's it's a potential takeover target. I, I think once once you see a dancing partner um, and you've been beaten up, there'll be others coming because there's, it is a cash generating model. Someone else can put it into their business model and have it on the part of it. So yep. it makes sense for some players. <clears throat> but again, at the same time, you don't buy a stock for a takeover. So right. at the moment, I would just keep it on the list to see how they execute if things are improving. At the moment, it's not, but geez, this should be trading better and should be executing a hell of a lot better, but it's not. Right. So yeah, it's an interesting one. I, okay. I'm I'm saying you got to you just got to sit back and watch it. 
because it is good, but it's not executing. So would you hold it if you're in it? I think if you're in it, at this point, you hold it. Okay. You've taken a fair hit. All right. Okay, you answer that and we'll get uh, Grady to have a look at uh, uh, Coventry for, uh, for Lincoln. Um, what's Coventry actually do? It's sort of in industrial parts and distribution <laughs> it is, and yeah. things, isn't it's in, it? It's distribution, fastening systems, cabinet hardware hydraulics, lubrications, yeah. they've got, they're focused on the industrial space. Right. And I think during the pandemic, they should have surged a lot more than they did. Yeah. Um, they didn't really capitalize on how many DIY projects everyone wanted to take on at yeah. home. Um, I do have a buy rating on this, but a downgraded price target from $1.70 to $1.50 due to high capex spend um, expected this year. Um, the company hasn't provided any earning, earnings guidance for FY23, which investors have punished in the most recent reporting season. Right. We've seen a lot of investors selling out because they need outlook. It's such an uncertain environment in the market right now. They need certainty from a company. If you're not going to provide any outlook, then there's no bother. Right. Um, the company's Connect brand has profitability uplift, so they're very close to profitability and it's a hit a major milestone in um, FY22, so long term we'll see 7 million plus a bit to upside potential. Um, the company is pro the whole company is profitable, but only just. It was down 49.7% in profitability last year. Right. So I think it's a, it is a buy rating, um, but it's downgraded price target okay. for me. No, employs 900 people, so it's yeah. pretty big. But uh, when you go back to that 12-month chart, the blocks on it, yep. looks as though it's pretty illiquid as well, is it? Yes, yes, at the moment, exactly. Yeah. Is, that, is that an issue for in these sorts of markets? I so think so. Well, yeah, at the well, moment. That yeah, exactly. Move much at all, it doesn't like. move, and you need to be moving at in this market, as we've seen. Yeah. So I think at the like the and looking to spend higher in capex over the next year when you've got really low profitability. Yeah. I think that's a very risky move for the okay. year forward. Nathan Coventry. Yeah, liquidity is a huge issue in a micro cap stock, and this is one of those. Um, and look, it's trading at a decent multiple. It's not cheap. Um, and it's a low yield stock. So uh, it's not a sexy stock. It doesn't do anything extraordinarily exciting. Uh, you're not going to get massive growth. So you, you know, you've know, got to work out what you're buying it for. In the current cycle, I don't think the growth is going to pick up too much. Um, the yield is too low uh, for what the, you know, we're comparing to your bond yield. So I struggle to get the thematic why you want to buy it, and it's a micro cap. You know, yeah. you've got two, 3,000 stocks in the market. You don't need to buy everything, and this is not there for me. Well, that, that's the issue, Nathan, is that when you're, uh, particularly when things are all over the place and there's a lot of risk in the market, uh, people got to remember there are just 20 stocks and and you've got to buy to your strategy, don't you? Or your time at life or your investment time horizon. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to first work out what you're buying a stock for. Um, yeah. And then you've got to work out as a portfolio what that you know that stock delivers for that portfolio to give you that outcome and you've got to manage risk um, you know this is the the key thing in 2022 um, we haven't had to manage risk because we've always relied on central banks to do it for us and now that central banks suddenly said no you do it yourself <laughs> every everyone suddenly found that it's a bit tough um, so you need to manage risk you need to work out the, the size implications as well so when you go into a bear market you need to be in the larger caps so that rotation Fund yeah. managers do, and retail investors need to learn how to do that as well. So in a bad market, liquidity is low. When things go wrong, you can't get out. So you need to move into a 
higher liquidity, higher market cap stocks, uh, and that have more stable and can ride out the economic weakness. Those kind of things you've got to put into perspective. And that, you know, then we look at a lot, a lot of these stocks, and it's interesting that a lot of the stocks that viewers have requested for today, a lot of them have been beaten up stocks. Yeah. And a lot of them are micro cap stocks. So everyone wants to pick the next thing that's going to go two, three, ten times. Yeah. But you don't do that in a bear market. What you want in a bear market is the stock that's going to go 20%, 30%. And then when the market turns around and the macro is really positive, then you go gangbusters. You go for the, the two banger, you go for the 10 banger. Right. But you don't do you know, the 10 times stock when you're going into a recession cycle on a global yep. basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, Grady, uh, a theme on the call for the last couple of months yep. with fear of going into recession is going to healthcare stocks. Yes. You know, we've got so many good healthcare stocks yes. or, or um, health sector stocks. Yes. Nick wants a view on Lumos, yes. which is a manufacturer of diagnostic tests um, for healthcare professionals. Yeah. Um, does this fit in that, that defensive category? It does. There are so many to choose from in this So sector. many, and it does, but it's also quite late to the party and they've had the rejection of, from the FDA and yet to receive TGA approval for its COVID-19 tests. Right. I think they're a little bit late to the party with the COVID-19 tests. There's so many available. You can get the tongue ones, the nose ones, so many yep. different ones. And in hospital, you've got so many different options coming at you. So I think they're a little bit late to that party. Um, they're, they're currently unprofitable as well, um, but Bell Potter expects them to become profitable by the end of FY25, right. despite the recent Fedbury DX setback. Um, Lumos has primarily focused on commercial business services, and if they continue shifting the focus to the expansion of services, they're going to become profitable a lot, a lot sooner. Mm. Um, so we do have a buy, spec buy rating on this um, on this stock only because of the price of the share is so cheap, six, six cents a share, and my price. It's a target. horrible looking chart, is it? Horrible. So, <laughs> so December January is when we were still worried about COVID and exactly. the next phase of it and getting booster shots. And in July was when they, the test was rejected so yes. by the FDA. So I think that's when we've seen the, the price really slump. Um, yeah. It is, yeah, a spec buy for us just because of how cheap it is. Um, and the cash and cash, cash equivalents actually tumbled in FY22 from huh. 44.9 million to just under 8 million over right. the year. So. They're burning yeah. cash pretty quickly. It is interesting because I got sent to me at uh, sunrise during the week mm. a pack of masks yeah. that don't fog up your glasses, ah. which was from a mm. manufacturer who just invented these masks, and which is annoying, as everyone knows, to put a yeah. mask on when you wear glasses. And I thought, oh, this is a good idea. And I thought, hang on, we're not wearing masks anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Even on planes, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so maybe a bit late to the party like as this, well. exactly. Nathan, um, what do you think of Lumos? Uh, have things just moved on? Yeah, look, this is, you, you know, I always tell you, when it's a, a new float, yeah. what happens in the first six to 12 months, if it underperforms, run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and every fund manager will do that. Um, and Greg is right. I mean, the, the cash burn is big. It is a micro cap, um, and the cash burn means they're probably due for a cap raising. And right. the problem is when you've been smashed this badly, uh, when they raise money now, they're going to dilute uh, every man and his dog. Yeah, big so time. in that context, you don't want to be there when that dilution happens. Yeah. Now, the trick is they are working on multiple things. I would assume 
that management will work out that what they're working on has kind of moved on. They need to reposition it for something else. And that's generally how they do it. And they're pretty good at these things. They'll probably do that. Uh, but it's a tough play at the moment. The cash burn is high. They've missed the boat. You are an investor. You're not there to look after management, pay their yep. salary. So move on. Yeah. Something else. Okay. But is healthcare and, and the health sector a good one going into a recession? As I was saying, saying to Grady, we, we've got some, some just global leaders in, in that area. Are they, are they worth it for a, a portfolio that's, that's going into a recession? In our market, uh, we probably have better, uh, on an aggregate basis, better healthcare sector than the US. You, you know, it's it's hard to say that about any sector. If you looked yeah. at it over the last 15 years, healthcare is the only sector to outperform these, uh, its uh, comparison in the US. Um, that's because of uh, amazing beasts like CSL, Resume, yep. Cochlear, uh, Fisher and Particle. Um, you know, th- th- there's some great healthcare businesses in our in our market. They're, they're quality, high quality, and they always fetch high prices. Uh, but they offer you something and they're defensive to a certain nature, and they have other features to it as well, and they have global expansion. So CSL is a great defense against falling currency. So yeah. right now, CSL, you should be having CSL in your portfolio because currency is falling, and it keeps benefiting from it. It's got a huge pipeline. I think CSL is probably the best growth stock in our market, hmm. by none. And then you look at the other side of that, then you look for a defensive healthcare, you look at someone like Sony, global uh, testing, everything they run through the operations, massive margin, uh, great business. Um, and it's, it's you know, in Europe, in it, it, the whole diversification plays well. Then you look at someone like Ansel, producers health and safety, gloves and so forth. It's really an industrial, but it's in healthcare. Again, great business, you're getting it relatively cheap. So things like Sony can, um, Ansel are cheap in the healthcare sector. CSL is probably slightly expensive, but it's so good that yeah. it never trades too yeah. cheap. So healthcare offers you a lot of options. Yeah. I'm definitely of healthcare. Okay, Nick, there are some alternatives for you if you don't want to get into Lumos. Same thing, Grady. Um, exactly the same. Who are your favourite healthcare ones? My favourite is also Ansel. I think the way that they're going forward, not just diversifying into healthcare with the gloves and the antibacterial products um, I like them and I like how they are kind of capitalizing on the market at the moment knowing that the healthcare is never going away tech yep. comes and goes but healthcare is there to stay forever yep. and it's even more so in a post-pandemic environment where we are so conscious about how clean we are like I'm washing my hands more I'm using Dettol more all these different things so I think backing companies that are really capitalizing on the growth in the healthcare sector is the way forward to add to your portfolio okay all right and our final stock, uh, Grady Clare wants a view on Resimac. Resimac, let's finish with a, um, a financial stock, uh, a mortgage lender. Basically, Resimac provides uh, mortgage funding to, to a lot of mortgage brokers behind the scenes. Yes. I really like this stock and the company because they've been very transparent and front-loaded their impairment expectations up to 11.4 million over FY22 um, as high interest rates. They're anticipating a lot more defaults, but so they've really front-loaded that, but they've also experienced growth on the loan book by 11%. So, and they've also got strong credit quality and they've seen, but the only downside is they've seen a shift out of prime loans of mortgages to specialist mortgages. So a little bit riskier 
borrowing that from. But in so saying, what are specialists? Is um, getting a loan by alternative ways of income. So I'm approved for a loan um, by income, different income, not right. just a full-time income. Right. I'm getting, okay. it's, it's a lot riskier, um, but it, it's non-conventional methods of income to show that I can afford the loan. Right. So we've seen a move out of the low risk, low, low default risk primary into um, specialists, but not too much. Um, and that as a result, they've reflected that and reflected that shift by increasing the impairment um, default they expect. Right. So I really like this stock. I think that they have um, really seen that the market is going to obviously um, be impacted by rising interest rates. But in this market, we believe that the level of discount on the share price being at, it's at 95 cents a share at the moment, um, we think that kind of discounts a lot of the bad news. Right. So I see a growth opportunity. And when the market does stabilize, I see it can go pretty far. Okay. Uh, Nathan, Resimac? Yeah, it looks ugly, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. You look at that chart and you go, yeah, it's, it's how it is belting. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it's, you're trying to pick the, I guess the the, the turnaround story in, in in a bad cycle. Uh, the banks have to play catch up. The banks have a lot more downside risk. We've spoken about that before. Yeah. Um, I think most of the banks are a big sell. I think CBA is the biggest one. Nobody's ever going to sell because they're worried about their tax. Uh, but the banks will underperform. Resi will have that problem on him. Uh, so you've got to look at where the cycle is. Um, I think we're going into a down cycle. Um, you know, I'm not into the thematic that the property is going to collapse. Uh, but probably will be negative uh, for, I think, at least a year or two, uh, and then things will turn around. So Resi is going to be one of those stocks where um, it won't have a lot of reason to look at for a year or so, and then things will start to turn around because the numbers will pick up and people will come back into the market. So I don't think uh, you need to be there right now. It's one you want to keep uh, on your list to look at when things turn around um, in, in, in probably about a 12 months or 18 months. Uh, but I don't think you need to rush in right now because yes, it might do well. And I think they're doing well in a bad market, but the bad market will mean that most investors will not go towards these stocks at least okay. for the next 12 months. All right. Uh, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Liontown, a spec buy from, uh, from Grady, a no from uh, Nathan. InfoMedia, uh, a hold from both of them, but uh, with Nathan is uh, is watching it closely. Uh, Coventry, a buy from Grady, a no from Nathan. Uh, Lumos, a spec buy from Grady, a no from Nathan. And Resimac, the same. Resimac, the same. Uh, a buy from Grady, a no from Nathan. Nathan Sobberson, Darren, great to see you again, mate. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. Good on you. And Grady Wolf from Bell Direct. Good Thank to see you. So you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, coming up with the small caps very shortly, Nick Sladen from LSN Capital gives us some small caps which represent good value in these turbulent economic times. Don't want to miss that. And uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover here on the call, put them in an email to call at today or tweet us using the at TV handle. And a reminder, you can see all the stocks in the Coles Fantasy Portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Stick around for the small caps. That's up next. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.